All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back talking a little Aaliyah, and I should point out that uh, we had to split the episodes into two. So this one will be our last podcast of 2020. before we wrap things up with our La Liga predictions and uh, view of relegation. And of course, our player that uh, intrigues us the most going into 2021 across the top teams of Spain. So, Rian, let's get right to it. Let's let's talk about the big three for a second. Let's talk about three teams that have had very, very different seasons between the three of them. Um, I thought... I don't think we have to spend too much time on each individual team because we do every week, but I mean, Athletic are in first place, Real are in second place, and Barcelona, as of time of recording, are in fifth place. If you had asked me this at the beginning of the season, I thought that would have been completely flipped. Completely flipped. Like, Barcelona in first, Real in second, and Atleti in fifth or something like that. But clearly, clearly, Atleti have figured their stuff out. Simeone has righted the ship. Real Madrid have gone through the most, I guess, the ebbs and flows of the world. And uh, very much a Real season, a normal Real season where (laughs) everything was totally gone and and everyone was about to get fired to, okay, actually, we actually might be pretty good. And, you know, we actually might... He's still one of the like two or three best teams left in the Champions League. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they basically went from oh my god, we might fall out of the Champions League to uh, oh wow, we could win all, everything in the span of ten days, which is again very normal Real Madrid season. Um, and then of course you have Barcelona having the most crisis esque season, in which it seems like every dropped point or two points or three points is a crisis. Um, so, Rian, let's start maybe with the league leaders. Um, what are you looking for in Atleti as they look towards potentially really grabbing the title? I mean, I, I said this to you before we started recording. Atletico have played 13 matches. Real Madrid have played 14 matches. And Real Sociedad, who are in third, have played 16 matches. So Atletico Madrid have three additional matches to play before the third-place team. That's insane. Like, okay... What are what are your expectations for let's say Atletico and even Real Madrid? Yeah, so, so starting with Atletico, I my expectations are that to, are for nothing to change for them really. Um, as we're recording this, they have still only allowed five goals, and we're thirteen games into the season. It is unbelievable how they are finding ways to score in every game. Like today, not an easy game for them against, um, oh my gosh, I just blanked on it, Sociedad. Against Sociedad, a really, really tough game where Sociedad, or both teams looked, I thought, very good in the first half. Um, it was probably a little too open for Diego Simeone's liking, honestly. And, and the second half, Atleti really kind of battened down the hatches and and didn't really allow more than maybe a couple chances or really a couple shots for Sociedad in the entirety of the second half. And, you know, their first goal comes from 
And then the second goal is uh, is a really nice build-up play. A little lucky on a deflection that gets that brings the ball to Urente, but Urente, what a shot! Like a great, a great shot, and he and he scores again. But yeah, I'm expecting things to to really kind of keep ticking along for them. This is another game today where they didn't play Joao Felix and didn't need really. Um, it, it's they they impress me a lot. Like every week at this point, uh, and. Yeah, I I expect them to be the champions at the end of the season. Honestly, that's my expectations. It's it's completely fair expectation to have too, because I think this Real Sociedad game today, as we're recording this, um, is the perfect encapsulation of how Atleti's season have gone. Real Sociedad are third in the table. Atletico, of course, are first. Two teams that are very strong. Real Sociedad, I would argue, were potentially the better of the two sides overall, especially in the second half um, after the second goal was scored. I mean, Real Sociedad threw basically everything they had at them. David Silva was, again, wonderful to watch in this game. But but all it took for Atleti to win this game was moments of brilliance from basically three players. No, four players. Muddy, Trippier, Luis Suarez, and of course, Lorente. One quick move to put the second goal into the back of the net, all of them using their absolute strength. Suarez, dummy, Trippier with his crossing. I mean, Lodi with his position, Lorente with a shot. Everything was perfectly done, and it was executed to a T. And Real Sociedad were done from there. Why? Because from there, it's classic Simeone. Atleti know what to do from there. They know exactly how to defend. You don't have to teach them that. All All you needed to get them to do was score goals this season. And they are continuously doing that. If they had tied this game, or sorry, won this game 1-0, I'd be saying, okay, you know, maybe there's an argument there for a classic Atletico win, and it's 1-0, and everyone goes home happy, and they scrape by. No. No, 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 no. Complete opposite. They won convincingly today, in the sense that they they look like league leaders. They look like they could do this every single week. And they did it with João Felix off the field. That's impressive. That's what a league leader looks like. So I fully agree with you. I fully expect Atletico to go on to win the league. And right now, their point separation for Real Madrid at the top. Well, I told you how many matches both teams have played. Atletico are on 32 points. Real Madrid are on 29. Atletico have a game in hand on Real Madrid. So do with that what you will. Uh, and just one last thing on Atleti before maybe we move on to uh, Real Madrid. That was today, their fourth 2-0 win of the season. And I know I've t- harped on this a few times in the past, like, how important I feel like getting that second goal is to taking control of a game. It doesn't guarantee anything, obviously, but they are getting that second goal. And they're... They are leaving themselves. Really, it's just leaving yourself a bigger margin of error. Is how I kind of see it as getting with getting that second goal, and they're leaving themselves massive margins of error, and they are not even coming close to those margins because they are defending, like you said, so well. Um, and yeah, th- this is this is a team that looks like champions. They're winning on days when they don't have what we believe is their best creative player. And they 
have even won on days when they didn't play that well. You know, the, the game against Barcelona didn't play extremely well that day, but Carrasco makes a goal out of almost nothing, and and he's been fantastic for them this season as well. Um, yeah, they're doing as much day. as we've completely shit all over him. Yes, yeah, he's actually yes, been. Yeah, he has actually been good. Um, but yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. the The only caveat I think, and this moves us on, I think, to Real Madrid. Atletico might not win the league only because I think Real Madrid are really starting to find their footing. And this leads me to, you know, the, my Real Madrid point is that the same tear that Real Madrid went on in the last 11 games of the, you know, post-return of football in La Liga last season is entirely possible in the second half of the season. Like, the way that they're playing right now is a team with confidence. It's with swagger. Now, granted... Luka Modric has an injury, right? I mean, he's played the last 50 billion games for them at the age of 35. It's completely expected <laughs> that he would have a hamstring injury. So once you start losing your key players like that, even in your aging core, that rings alarm bells. But they went on a tear last season with 11 games. They won all 11 games, beat out Barcelona to the title. That is the only scenario, I think, where I can see Real Madrid winning the title over Atleti because I think Atleti have shown very few, if any, signs of wavering other than their Madrid Derby game, <laughs> other than that, which is a major caveat. But I, I think that with Real Madrid, right, with them coming into form, it's not something you can ignore. And three points is not a lot, but I think three points with a game in hand is a little bit tougher, even at this stage. Um, I don't even want to get into Barcelona being 25 points uh, on <laughs> on 25 points, but that's a whole other story too. So anyway, Rian, thoughts on Real Madrid, their expectations. I, I think it's fair to say that both of these teams are going to be top four teams. Um, it's just more of a question of where in the top four. Yeah, no, I think you're completely right there. The swagger that Real Madrid is playing with right now when they have Benzema, when they have Ramos, when they have those players that we've talked about a lot, they are a different team. And I, we, we, it's really hard to explain it, honestly, because it does really feel like a switch is flipped when those guys are in. Um, but, yeah, I expect them to, to be in and around the first place all for the rest of the season. And I think that he's kind of found a way to go from the absolute lows of lows that there can be with Real Madrid to now things are normal again. We're we're back to close around first. We're we're where we should be. So yeah, I they're just a funny team. They're just a really funny team. I I don't know how to judge them from time to time. The one thing I can always say is that. Benzema is the most important player in the attack for sure. Yes. And yes. Even he's probably been the most important player overall because even in the games that Ramos hasn't been able to play in, Real Madrid have found ways because of some contribution from Karim Benzema. Yeah, I, I don't think that should be understated at all. I think Karim Benzema is absolutely a Real Madrid legend, absolutely their best player on the pitch. And when he doesn't play, like, I mean, you saw it again when he was out injured around the international break time frame. That's when Real Madrid were going through their mini crisis. Like there is a very direct correlation and causation to exactly why that happened. 
Um, that's not a coincidence at all. I mean, Ramos being out during that time frame also did not help. But again, there, Benzema is the goal contributor. You saw that in the Madrid Derby. You saw that in their game against Ibar. I mean, he is the linchpin in this side. So if they lose him, dear God, then I think you're having a very, very different conversation. But for now, obviously, we're not expecting that. So I still think that Real Madrid can challenge Atleti especially if they go on a tear like they did last season. But I do genuinely expect Atleti to run to the title, assuming that they keep playing the way they do, and I have no reason to believe they won't. All right, well, Elias, should we go to the third of the big three here? In a spot that you were quite surprised by, or I don't even know if surprised. No, you're probably surprised, but at least from the point of our pre of you having Barcelona winning the league and you know I even at the time I think I said that, that you know you, you were kind of uh, in your stages of grief from losing from from the the possibly losing Messi from the mostly mostly the, the Messi wanting to leave at least was in, in his sort of like bargaining state of the five stages <laughs> of, of grief Um if you told me before the season that at this stage Barcelona would be fifth, I would not have been that surprised considering yeah, fair. considering how the season ended and considering the kind of awkward situation that Lionel Messi is in with this club. Um, all that being said, it's I think I said either a couple of weeks ago that it's just feels like a transition transitional season for them and it is yeah and um i don't think the expectation should be to win the league this year i don't think that i don't think that should have been the expectations <laughs> don't think it should have been the expectations going in honestly but true um the expectation should not be to win the league that's that's not it we're, we're seeing really good stuff from guys that look like they can be part of the core going forward and Serginho Dest in Today, Pedri was fantastic um, in their 3-0 win against uh, Valladolid. Pedri, Dest, Ansu Fati, when he comes back, those are the players that we have to look at. They have to look at as, granted, Ansu Fati's injury, but but he will come back at some point this season. This season's about them. It's not about Lionel Messi I mean, we, it'll be about Lionel Messi when we get close to the end of the season, when we're more sure whether he's leaving or not. But this this is not a season about him. It's a season about how does the club move forward, and that includes a guy like Griezmann when he comes back into the team. That is who this season is about for me. It's about who are the pieces that we can look in look at, and for the next few years, be like, okay. These are the guys we need to build the team around. And I think we're really getting close to that. You know, Trincao has even contributed this season. I want to see more of Ricky Puig playing, just playing. <laughs> Not it, I, I, I don't even want to say contributing. I just want to see him play. Yeah. Um, but those are the guys that, that should be getting the most attention right now for the rest of the season. Because I think you can still, that Barcelona can still finish in the top four somewhat uh, not comfortably, but I, this is still easily a top four team and a team that could finish even third still in a season where they don't play very well. 
but it's really important that these young guys really get their chance this season because the pressure is on them. But theoretically, with all that's going on around the club, it, it sh- shouldn't be a season that they're expected to contribute a lot. Yeah, it's it's basically the lowest or the least amount of pressure that they will ever receive at their time at the club if they're to stay long term. Yeah, that's I think what you're going for. And yeah, I, I don't think the expectation for this Barcelona side should be the title by any means. And if it is in any Barcelona fans head, uh, you are in for a very rude awakening. It is just not going to happen. Um, why is it not going to happen? Well, the pieces are not all there. They're just not. There there are quality players in the side. There are very good players in the side. But I think this team lacks cohesion. I think they lack a manager that is tactically astute. I think this team gotta give him a little credit today though. They switched to a three four three, which looked He did. Which looked like it just worked better for the for, for a few of the guys there. Well the reason uh, it worked better time. yeah, the reason it worked better is because this team has been lacking width for the last three years. And you <laughs> yeah, finally right. get that in a three four three when you push your your fullbacks up and don't really require them to do as much defending. Um, so you naturally get width. And also, I hate I hate that I have to point this out, but Griezmann was not on the pitch today. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. So you look at how Barcelona have done dropping points against big sides, your Valencias, right? Even though they are a mid table to closer to relegation side right now, right? Have dropped points against Valencia this past weekend, have been beaten by both Atletico and Real Madrid did go on to beat Real Sociedad, but still did not look ultimately as convincing, especially in the second half. Um, and of course did go out to beat Villarreal earlier in the season, but too, too many dropped points. It's you're talking about a couple of games, a very small handful of games that they have dropped points in the grand scheme of things. But that's the difference between being a questionably top four side and a title contending side. It's a matter of those those drop points. And Barcelona have not lived up to that right now. Going out to beat Real Valladolid, who are in the relegation zone right now, while doing it convincingly should be something that they should be doing to about half the other teams in, in Spain right now, and they are not. So yeah, that's um, not not ideal. <laughs> for, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> for Barcelona, and I don't expect them to win the title. I think what they should aspire to is top four, and I think what they should aspire to is getting past the round of sixteen in the Champions League. That's I think an accurate aspiration to have, quite frankly. So I'll leave it at that before I start crying. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even I almost forgot to throw in Frankie De Jong too. This isn't also about about him as well. Sorry. So. Yeah, it's just let's get these young guys minutes and let's get them experience. There's enough veterans around them to get them through games and and um and still have the experience out on the field when they're playing so it's not just full team of of U23s. Um yeah, it's it's there shouldn't be panic around the club. It, or sorry, there shouldn't be panic around where they finish this season, let's say that. Panic around the club politically, sure. <laughs> yeah, because <but like, laughs> we don't know who the president's going to be in January, <laughs> right? But but yeah, the, the pressure should be taken off for these for these younger guys. Like, this is still a team good enough to finish in the top four, and good enough, even with these even with the younger players. 
and there's talent there. And so I yep. think the future is bright. This, there's, they're not that far off from being, from being one of the four or five best teams in Europe again. Honestly, I, I genuinely believe that. I agree. I completely agree. Um, I, I think the one last thing that I'll mention on Barcelona is that I think if Juan Laporta, who is one of the favorites to come back as Barcelona president in January, does win the presidential elections, the chances of Messi staying at Barcelona go up significantly. Laporta has a very good relationship with Messi. Messi trusts him. I think trust that he can put together a project that is actually appealing. And I think you've tra- kind of seen that publicly in a change of tone from Messi, right? Messi, you know, did an interview with a reporter in Spain that's actually scheduled to air after Christmas. Um, but part of it was leaked in which he said, you know, I-, I feel a lot better now than I did in the summer. And that coincidentally lined up with Juan Laporta pushing and starting to really go for the presidential bid. I don't think that's a coincidence. I'll leave it at that. I think there's a non-zero possibility that maybe we've been looking at the Bartomeu out kind of (laughs) project coming or or being the main driver for Messi sending that Burrow fax in the summer. I I genuinely think there's some logic there. Well, I guess only time will tell, right? So... I'm sure we'll have a lot to say on the presidential elections when, when the oh, time yes. comes. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. But in the meantime, Brian, let's move on to the other top three teams in Spain. Of course, I'm talking about Real Sociedad, Villarreal, and Sevilla. Real Sociedad pulling up the top of spot for those three teams, but really on only goal differential. They're tied with Villarreal on points. Um, after Real Sociedad lost to Atleti today and Villarreal tied Bilbao today as well. And again, we're recording this on Tuesday. So both on 26 points and Sevilla on 23 points with a game in hand on Barcelona, who are in fifth on 24 points. So, Rian, out of those three teams, who would you pick to be top four at the end of the season? Out of those three, I'm going to stick with, for now, I'm going to stick with Real Sociedad because they've shown more consistency uh, out of those three teams. And like I said, today against Atleti, they didn't get necessarily outplayed, I don't think. Um, I just think at the end, they, they just didn't quite have the quality to get that first goal which is so precious when you're playing Atletico Madrid, right? So there's still a really good team there. And I, I think this is a team that still has a great chance at finishing third um, and and even better chance at finishing in the top four. I, I just think it's going to be a very difficult second half for all three of these teams, honestly. Um, Sevilla has been very up and down, although they look like they are starting to find some form, you know, since outside of the Madrid loss, you know, they've won five of their last seven games. Right. And there's still a long way for them to go in terms of being able to find the consistency that we saw for most of last season. But I, 
we'll say that I think Sociedad will finish the the highest out of those three. But um, I mean, Villarreal, no slouch either. They, they've had a they've had a great season in terms of of probably what was expected of them going into the season. And Unai Emery, being in his first year, first full season at least um, with Villarreal, it's a lot to be proud of so far. But I think it'll end up being Sociedad and Sevilla as those, as the ones battling it out for for the last place in the top four there. And and who knows? I mean, it could be a, it could be a fight or two positions out of. Barcelona, Sevilla, and uh, Sociedad. It could be those three teams fighting for a third and fourth. So it, it really could be. I think that was going to be my final point too. But the one thing I do want to point out is that as consistent as Real Sociedad have been basically up until recently, um, their last three games, two of those games they've, well, all three they've lost, but two of the three games they played against Barcelona and Atleti, right? Two teams that are arguably top four sides. And if you want to be a top four side, you would probably have to beat those two sides or at least draw against those two sides. Yeah, got to pick up points. Right. Yeah, and that that's part of my fear in choosing Real Sociedad as finishing top four for me. I think in all likelihood, it's probably Sevilla. I think Villarreal have been probably more consistent as of late than Sociedad. I mean, they've had a lot of draws, um, but again, have been still somewhat consistent um and not losing if that makes any any sense but not enough again for me to argue that they've been a top four side right top four sides to me means you are consistently winning and Sevilla have won three of their last five so I think there is something to be said about Sevilla coming back into form and I do think that the next couple of days I think there's kind of a small window in there for Spanish teams to get a little bit of a break between now and probably a week from now, um, that that will be needed. So I think Sevilla are probably in a better position to finish fourth, and I'd probably pick them to finish third, quite honestly. I think you'll probably, well, this is going to my predictions, but I won't I won't ruin it. I do think Sevilla finished top four, top four over Real Sociedad and Villarreal, but I do think both Sociedad and Villarreal finish fifth and sixth, respectively. Yeah, and and that's a that's a good point on the the recent form of Sociedad. I, I didn't realize that in their last six games they have three draws, they have three yeah. three draws and three losses. So yeah, the the form has fallen off immensely. And and you might say they were probably slightly unlucky to lose to Levante, but um, <laughs> yeah, yes, oh we, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. A nice way of putting it. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, you're right. They, they've got to pick it up. They've got to, they've got to find something, and, and who knows? Maybe this week off will be really good for them. Yeah, what I'm looking for from these three sides coming back into January is a return to form. I think it's that simple. Like I, I don't know if either of those teams have shown over a consistent, you know, several months that they are a top four side yet. They've shown glimmers of it, but. Of all the sides that are closest to being, you know, the most consistent, I'd go with Sevilla. So they're not, <laughs> let's just say that they're not relegation type sides like Arsenal might be right now. Um, but why don't, <laughs> Ryan, why don't we move towards relegation Spain where we were looking at this earlier and quite frankly, I have no idea who's going to be relegated in Spain. I have an idea, 
But anyone from, I think it's 13th down to 20th in Spain is within the relegation zone, essentially, right? Because there's a difference between three points over seven or eight spots. So it's but very it even more like expansive between 11th and 20th. It's a four point difference. Yeah. Like <laughs> that is ridiculous. So honestly, I'm going to, if I had to choose for, for relegation, right? I mean, in the relegation zone right now, you have Valladolid, Osasuna and Huesca. And I know some of our listeners and I might, might not know these teams very well, but just to give you an example of, I guess, kind of how culturally rich these teams are, Osasuna are a side that when fans, you know, could come into their stadium, had the best home record in La Liga. The best. The best home record. El Sadar was one of the toughest, and still probably is, toughest um, stadium to go to in Spain. As of late, however, Osasuna, I think this is, one of the results of COVID, honestly, um, have lost four of their last five. So it's been unfortunate for for teams like them, the smaller teams that really are better than what I think you are seeing right now. Um, but it's not like these teams are just terrible and have completely fallen off. So, Rian, if I have to choose my, my relegation side, I'm probably going to choose two teams that are actually out of the relegation zone on points technically right now. I'm going to go with Elche, who I have not been impressed with at all this past season. I think they've dropped unnecessary points. I think that they have dropped points to relegation-based sides. Um, I mean, Elche played also sooner this past weekend and tied, but they have just not impressed me yet. Um, <laughs> should, should also point out that they play Real Madrid, Bilbao and Hitafe as their next game. So that should be fun for them. And then I'm also going to choose Alaves, who are in 17th and right above the, the drop zone, um, but have also, again, lost their last two. Warren, honestly, I know they did beat Real Madrid, and that was massive for them. But just looking at the, the games that they've lost, right? They lost to Huesca um, about a week or so ago, 10 days ago. They did lose to Celta Vigo, who are very much on the up and my team to watch going to 2021. But they have Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, and Real Madrid all in January. So, oh my goodness, <laughs> I just I don't I don't know how they start scraping themselves out of that close to the relegation zone. And lastly, I will probably have to choose Huesca as my team to go down. I think that. While I'm really excited by this team, and also sooner are probably the team that would uh, potentially lose out to them by finishing below Huesca, I think that Huesca have just been woefully, woefully bad. Like they have one win all season, they have nine draws and five losses, and that one win came, I think it was a couple of games ago. Um, I forget who's against now, but uh, they did win one game. So, uh, woohoo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was against Alaves, actually. Now that I remember it, so yeah, it's uh, yeah that that whole relegation zone is quite frankly completely up for grabs, and I don't think we're going to know until probably closer to the end of the season. Yeah, that that difference in um in points is crazy. It's, <laughs> it's actually crazy. It's only tighter uh, than I think most, if not all top five sides 
Yeah, yeah, in all of the big five leagues in Europe. Yeah. Well, at least from there, shall we move on to our predictions for for um, the top four? Yes, yes. Let's move on to our predictions. Well, let's start with the top four, Rian. Um, I think we both agree that Barcelona are not going to win the title. I think we both agree that <laughs> Atletico are going to win the title. So Atletico, I think, is my choice to win the title. Again, bar a crazy run by Real Madrid where they just tear it up. I think Atletico are better poised, stronger side in terms of, let's say, consistency. Um, Real Madrid's highs, I think, are higher than Atletico's, but consistency is key in this game. So I'll go with Atleti. I'll go with Real Madrid in second. I'll go with... This is the, the tough part for me, but I will go with Sevilla in third. And then I'm going to go with Barcelona in fourth. I think that's my top four. I do, I do think Barcelona, if we got back into fourth, it's going to be very close, though. Like, there's a very good chance that Barcelona are not playing in the Champions League next year. Like, do not rule that out. Just, just saying. But I think that you're going to see massive changes coming in January anyway, so it, it, we could be talking about a side that's maybe competing for the title all of a sudden. Um, I'm probably just speaking into existence, but um, oh, no. again, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to go down that route. It's just the possibility for anything with the side exists, and it's too much for me. So I'll go with fourth for Barcelona, and then I will follow followed up with Real Sociedad and Villarreal in fifth and sixth, bar a massive drop off. But I think their drop in form just goes to show you that. A top being top four in La Liga is very hard, even for teams that are very strong like those two. And because they have shown this lack of consistency over the last couple of weeks, that to me is not a good sign going into 2021. Even if they regain their form, that means that they've either A, dropped too many points already on the last couple of weeks to be a top four side, or B, they will drop more points in 2021 from being not as consistent of a side as we once thought. So that's my top six. Rian, what about you? I think I'm the same in the top four, but flip Sevilla and um, and Barcelona. I just, hey, hey, let's go! <laughs> I I say that because I I really did like the three four three today. I I think it's something that could work. Again, who knows if I'm not sure there is a formation right now that can work well for both Messi and Griezmann, but you know I I think that. At least, like you said, the width is finally getting some actual uh, production when they play that formation. And, you know, Jordi Alba d is, can't defend at the same level that he did before. Not, never, not saying that he was you, you could a have, great defender. I was going to say, you could have said he couldn't defend either way, and I would have been happy with that. <laughs> but um, but some offering some protection. And same for Serginho Dest, who is still very young, but... You know, he still has, I think, a lot to learn in terms of defending, right? But it is what works well for both of those players. And uh, and they were both really good today for Barcelona um, in that formation. So I think that uh, as the season kind of goes on, I guess there's really a lot of like hope and like faith that I have here in in the attack for Barcelona, kind of figuring it out. But I really like what I see from Pedri. So I I think he's got to get more more games. He's got to get more games. He's got to get 
I think more chances to play with both Griezmann and Messi, see how that looks. And Dembele, of course, comes back into the team at some point here. And I think it's good to have the options of playing the 3-4-3. And then, you know, when Dembele is back, he can play the 4-3-3 too. And I I think there's... It's kind of hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for Barcelona at times, but I think there really is um, a chance for this team to, in some ways, hit a stride in the second half of the season as these guys like Petri and and, and Trincao even um, kind of become more consistent contributors into the starting lineup, right? And yeah, I Super guess I, I have a lot of faith in, in Dembele too, who's who's been great when he's been he this season. So yes, yeah, no, all all fair points, and I think it's a blessing that you put Barcelona in third. I hope that doesn't come back to bite you um, for my own mental <laughs> health. But I think it's again a completely fair draw. Um, Rian, last point: if there's one player, even one team to look out for um, in La Liga, who would that be for you? Mm. Um, I think if we're saying one player, I'll say one player to look out for for the second half. Um, it's Canales, right? Yeah. Ooh, I yeah. I like that. I wasn't thinking <laughs> that, but I like it. Tell me why. Tell me why. He's he's had a really good start to the to this season here. Um, plays for Real Betis. Betis haven't quite been. I think uh, as as we would have expected them to be. I mean, last season they were really like in and around the top six, and and a team that was very entertaining at times last year. But you know they're sitting in twelfth right now. They're one of those teams that are only four points away from from the bottom, right? Um, but I don't think they're legitimate relegation um, candidates. But no, Sergio Canales. He's been their best player this season. He's fifth in assists in the league. Fourth in uh, expected assists per ninety, and second in shot creating actions per ninety in the league. So, I, I, he's been great for the first half of the season, and I expect him to keep continuing it and and still be one of the yeah, say one of the ten to fifteen best players um, or most informed players at least in the league, right? And if you want to throw one more, I would say his name a lot tonight already, but Pedri, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to him kicking on and getting more time as he gets more time um in the second half of the last and se- next season or this season wow in the second half of this season uh, i i think i think people are going to really see the potential of this player i mean he was like i said wonderful today for barcelona he had a great assist for messi's messi's record breaking goal Unless he broke the record for most goals for a single club today. What's and... crazy is we didn't even touch on that. It's like, oh, that happened. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. that's the mysticism. I, I didn't even. I completely forgot that he was that close to to breaking it. Anyway, but um, no, Pedri had a had this wonderful little ball roll, like kind of back heel roll into Messi's stride perfectly for that goal. And so, um, so yeah, Sergio Canales and and Pedri are, are I'd say my two players to look out for. Wow. Great, great shouts. I 
love the Pedri shout. And I, I love the Sergio Canales shout. Like that, that I was not expecting. So I will yeah. give you props for that. Yeah, Canales, a guy who's been getting more time with the Spanish national team too, I should throw Yeah, in. yeah, um, that's the other thing. I think as Luis Enrique... Luis Enrique does this weird thing with Spain where he basically tinkers with the lineup every single time that he calls up some uh, a team uh, in November, March, whatever. I think Sergio Canales has been somewhat consistent in being called up. I think, if memory serves me right. So, yes, very good shout. I think he should probably make one last move away from Real Betis before his career kind of you know starts to top off as he's closer to 30. But, um, yes, great, great shout. Um, my player to watch, however, is from neither of those teams. It's in a team that has hit a great run of form in their last five games, basically since they brought in a new manager. That is Barry Iago Aspas from Celta Oh Vigo. my gosh, yeah. I, I love this man to no end. I think he is arguably the best Spanish striker, if not the best striker in Spain right now. Their last, I think... Four games? I I think it's four games. They have one, I believe. No, it's the last three games they played. Um, no, I lied. It's the last four. They played. <laughs> they played Alaves, um, Cadiz, Bilbao, and Granada. Won all four games. Conceded one goal total. Iago Aspas now has seven goals and five assists through the entire season basically on playing 14 matches, so 12 goals assists a game, uh, a game 12 goals assists <laughs> <laughs> through the entire season. Um, and again, really, really impressive run of form, especially in the last four games. And I think Celta could do some damage. They're up to eighth now, so they're not very far away. We know that the points total is really, really small. Uh, it's not total, but difference. And um, I have high hopes for Barry Aspas getting back into form because he was not at the beginning of the season, but by God, he's come roaring back, and I think he's going to be he's going to be in the Spain side for sure in the Euros. Yeah, another guy who's been yeah he's been getting I think uh, more consistently called up the last um, few cycles as well. Aspas, he's aging just beautifully. Fine like 30, wine, man. 33, Fine 33 wine. Thirty-three years old, like second in goals and second in assists in the league, <laughs> and he's like fourth in non-penalty expected goals plus assists per ninety, third in shot creating actions per ninety. It, absolutely, it's it's unreal. I'll never understand the, how the Liverpool time went so poorly. It's it's so weird. It's so weird. I mean, maybe it's just the league. It may have just been wrong. Adapt, but like, yeah, like I was time. thinking it's wrong, time, wrong too. time, potentially, too. Yeah, but, um, I have yeah. no idea. It's a good point. But yeah, Iago Aspas, great. I, I love that. If you're listening, Barry, Barry Iago Aspas, just know that we're rooting for you. But that's my player to watch. Yeah, and always can rely on Rian for bringing the great stats. So just to back up my claim anyway. <laughs> but Rian, I think that wraps up the La Liga pod, at least for uh, for our preview and going into 2021. Wow, I can't believe we're done with 2020. So almost. I should not say we are. We might all die on New Year's Eve at this rate, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> anyway, on a more of a note, um, wishing you all thank you. First off, thank you for listening throughout 2020 since we started the pod um, and genuinely wishing you all a very, very happy, healthy, safe, holiday season and new year we'll be back in 2021 
bring you the same great content that we always do and uh, stay safe. Thanks guys. Stay safe and stay healthy out there. Mm-hmm.